Thank you so much for listening to our podcast here at the Greenwood Church of God. We are so excited that you have found us here. Our prayer is that this podcast would enrich your life and give you strength for this week ahead. Thank you so much for being here. Now enjoy the podcast. Lord a hand clap of praise can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me amen he is worthy he is worthy of all of our praise is it is so good to be able to worship the Lord together amen it's so good to worship the Lord together I have a message I feel like the Lord has laid upon my heart through everything that we've had going on this week. And it just seems like life is busy. But as I began to meditate on last Sunday, and I began to meditate on what all God did in our baptismal service and how the Lord blessed lives and how God began to minister and people testify. I began to be, I think, led to a certain thought. Um, I really struggled with finding the passage, though, that would relate what I was wanting to say. Uh, But today, I believe I have found it. Um, Not going to be lengthy, as I try not to be, and I want to come back and have a moment in the altar. I want you, if you would, to turn in your Bibles to the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus. And I believe it is found in verse... 10 of chapter 14. So verse 10 of chapter 14. It'll be on the screen. So if you want to read it from there, you're welcome to. Or if you want to look at it on your page that turns or your tablet or phone that glows. Either one is fine. Amen. It's still the Bible. And so I want us to read here. It says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. Behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they, excuse me, and they were afraid or sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us, or thus with us? To carry us forth out of Egypt. Is not the word, is not this the word we did tell thee in Egypt? Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And last verse, I believe it's verse, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I went too far, I was... I was enjoying reading. Amen. It's the Bible, so we should enjoy reading. But let's end right there. It says we should die in the wilderness. Let's pray. Father, God, you know what you've laid upon my heart. You know, God, what you want us to hear as a people, I believe. God, I pray, God, that we would hear it. And, God, that we would leave this place, God, saying this is not the time to stop, but this is the time to continue. God, hide me behind your cross. Let Jesus be glorified. It's in his name we pray. And everybody says, Amen. I want to talk to you about this thought. Don't stop now. 
Don't stop now. There was a guy by the name of Van Gogh. I'm not an art enthusiast. Uh, enthusiast. I don't know much about art. I remember watching Bob Ross as a kid as he painted those pretty little trees. Um, and that's about the extent of artistry that I know about. I do draw. Some of you may not enjoy it. One day I may bring some of my drawings in here and just show you. And, um, but I don't know much about classical or famous artists. But Van Gogh had an artist or artistic career. And through this career, it was marked by many challenges. It was marked by different um, mental battles that we, he would have. It would be marked by... Um, it would be marked by struggles that he would endure during his lifetime. He struggled with this mental health and faced numerous challenges. Despite all of this, though, he would paint and produce a vast body of work. Van Gogh would draw and produce artwork and it would, it would accumulate over 2,000 artworks that consisted of paintings, drawings, and sketches. Some of his most famous drawings and paintings are called in this manner. One is titled Starry Nights. One is Sunflowers. One is The Starry Night Over Rhone. His artwork often depicted landscapes, still life, portraits, and all of this would be characterized by bold, beautiful strokes and vibrant colors and emotional intensity. Although through all of this that he produced, he could not get past his struggles and hardships that he faced through emotional turmoil and financial struggles. And at the age of 37, he tragically ended his life. When you begin to fast forward and learn more about Van Gogh, he would have paintings that would begin to be appreciated. Although he was dead, although he ended his life, his portraits would be appreciated. One in particular was sold. That portrait is named the Portrait of Dr. Gachet. In this picture, he painted a, 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 a painting that depicted this doctor who was his personal physician during his final years. In 1990, this picture sold for $82.5 million. In today's currency, that would be $158 million. The tragic side of this is he never really realized how important his work was because he stopped it prematurely. Today I want to talk to you about that in our lives. Last week we had people that testified, say, um, seven in particular that said, I have been saved, I have been cleaned, I have been made new. And today I believe the Lord wants me not just to say to them, but to say to everybody here in this congregation and maybe those that will eventually listen to it online that could not be here today or those that are 
are watching it now or those that um, listen to it through the internet. Maybe you're going to be here today and listen to this sermon and the enemy has been whispering in your ears and the preacher is telling you today in this simple message, don't stop now. Say it with me. Don't stop now. Now I'm not saying that you're producing $120 million portraits, but what I am saying is there's something in your future that God has destined you to be a part of and if you stop now you will not be able to see it be brought into fruition somebody say amen here in this passage we are brought to the story of the Israelites the Israelites have been brought out of Egyptian bondage for Israel they had started and they were slaves in Egypt they would be producing brick and different things and they had gone through the, the bondage of the taskmasters and they had been waiting on the deliverer that we knew eventually would be Moses. And so as Moses comes in in the previous chapters and he begins to lead them and bring them out of Egypt, we see the story of the Passover. That the Bible said they were to sacrifice that lamb and then they were to put the blood over the doorpost and if the blood was over the doorpost the death angel would bypass their home because the firstborn in in Egypt were to be killed and we see that at this last plague that Pharaoh eventually says let them go well they begin to get all of their stuff together and people actually their neighbors the Egyptians would give them stuff to send them out on their way it was as if we'll give you our stuff if you'll get out of this place because we've seen the terror and we know that you are to be released well they begin to march their way to the promised land in this passage though we are reminded that Pharaoh begins to um, re uh, begins to um, look back on all of the slave work and the stuff that he had the Israelites do and the Bible said that Pharaoh said what was I thinking and something inside of him began to harden his heart began to harden and he said we're going to go after Egypt our Israel and we're going to bring them back well when you look at the story the Bible said as the Israelites saw Egypt and Pharaoh coming back towards them or coming their way you read it just here they looked up at Moses and said why didn't you listen to us why didn't you listen to what we said said we were better off in Egypt we should have just stayed right where we were it's going to end right here it's going to stop right now they were they were wanting to go back to their Egyptian bondage just because there was something that was going to come against them that was headed their way but you look at them and you can see a, a kind of description of our life today as well for you and for I and for the people that have been saved and has testified to the fact that you have been redeemed and your life has been made new, you were brought out of an Egyptian bondage. But that bondage wasn't just the people of Egypt, but it was a bondage of sin. And because of what Christ has done, you have been brought out of sin and now you are in His marvelous light. But every now and then, 
in, there is an attack, there is a whisper, there is an enemy that wants to say, why don't you just stop right now? Why don't you just give up right where you are? You could be right back into that life of sin and enjoyment. You don't have to go through the struggles and trials if you will just stop now. Has anybody been there before? But every one of us that has been saved by the lovely Lord Jesus and by His grace, we are like that woman at the well. We're like the demoniac that was found in Gadara. We're like Matthew, the tax collector, and like Zacchaeus and the apostle Paul. We have been now made part of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are a peculiar people and we have been brought out of that darkness and now we are in that uh, marvelous light according to second corinthians chapter 5 we now have been made new every one of us if we are here today and your life has been changed by jesus why don't you just for a moment say thank you jesus for saving my soul thank you jesus for making me whole thank you for taking off the old coat and putting on the new why don't you just lift up your voice or lift up your hands and say, Thank God I am saved. Hey! Oh God. For Egypt, they had been saved from... Or from Israel, they had been saved from Egypt. But now they're at a place of wanting to go back. For them, it was the dust that was seen that was coming from the chariots of Egypt and they were saying I just want to go back we've seen the ten plagues we've seen the locusts we've seen all of the stuff the plague of darkness and all of these things that have happened and the greatness that God has done in bringing us out of Egypt but now when the times get hard we're ready to go back Every one of us go through these temptations at times. Every one of us are brought to this moment, this temptation to stop. They were on the verge of stopping, not realizing what God had in store before them. Not realizing that there was a promised land that was before them. There was a Red Sea that God could make part for them. But because of the enemy, they were ready to stop. They said, we told you we didn't want to go this way. We told you that we didn't want to have trouble. If you would have only listened, if you would have just heard our cry, we would not have to be faced with this situation. And if we were all honest... Every one of us have been at that place at one time or another. With every new day, just like mercy, problems arise. Just as the Bible says God makes His mercies new every morning, trouble is there as well. Psalms 34 says this, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. There is no doubt about it. 
You will face trouble. You will face temptation. You will face moments to where the enemy will whisper and say, if you will just stop, you will be better. If you'll just stop where you are, we all face these temptations. In fact, 1 John chapter 2 verse 16 labels them as the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We are all being tempted at every moment to just stop. In fact, around 6 a.m. today, I was tempted to just turn over and say, I don't, I don't want to go to church today. It's, you know what, I preach every Sunday and some Sundays I see a blessing, some Sundays it's like blood. I know y'all feel that way as well. I mean, I'm not a great preacher every Sunday. I understand that, but there are days, there are weeks that you just seemingly are going through the motions and we are tempted to just throw in the towel. I understand that, but I just want to remind you of those that actually stopped along the way. I want to remind you of a man by the name of Lot that stopped as he was leaving his uncle by the name of Abraham and the Bible said he kept moving and then he stopped and when he stopped he ended up in an awful place called Sodom and Gomorrah I want to remind you of a man by the name of Samson that was stronger than anyone that was in the land but the Bible said he stopped and he ended up in Delilah's lap I want to remind you about a man by the name of Saul that was elevated to be the king of Israel but he stopped seeking after God and the nation was ripped from his family lineage. I want to remind you of a man by the name of Judas that walked with the Lord that talked with the Lord that saw the Lord do miracle upon miracle but the Bible said he stopped and the Bible said he forfeited his soul because he hung himself on that tree because he stopped serving the Lord. I want to remind you about a man that Paul talks about in his writings by the name of Demas. Seemingly he stopped pursuing what God had for him because he fell in love with the world. What are you trying to say this morning preacher? I'm trying to tell you I don't care what the enemy throws on you. You better not stop. You better not quit because there's so much more that God has for you lift your hands if you would oh oh God the temptation to stop comes it tries to convince us to quit pursuing Today, before I get to the end of this message, I want to encourage you. It is our job to recognize it. It is our job to fight it. And it's our job to overcome it. In fact, we must recognize it in identifying it is an attempt from Satan. It is an attempt from Satan to try to stop you in your walk of faith. Do not let Satan come in and deceive you. Let me remind you, recognize when Satan tries to stop you, 
I don't, I'm not saying sickness is from him. I'm not saying the flat tires from him. I'm not saying the red light that made you stop when you were late for church is from Satan. But what I am saying is Satan can come in in those moments and he can begin to whisper. He can cause the frustrations of this sin-cursed world to cause us to say, what are we even doing what we are doing? And we must recognize the whispers of the enemy and we must say, Satan, get thee behind behind me. What did Paul or Peter, I'm sorry, say to the Lord? He said, you're not going to go to the cross. And what did Peter say? He said, get thee behind me, Satan. Church, we must recognize that it is not God that's trying to stop us. It is not God that's trying to keep us from church. I want to just settle down for a moment, but I feel this inside of me. It's not God that's trying to keep us from praying. It's not God that's trying to keep us from the word of God. It is not God that's trying to keep us from being a witness but it is the enemy that tries to stop us from doing his will. Recognize it. See it. Identify it. And when you recognize it you fight it. Your faith begins to fight your battle. Your faith begins to war against the whispers of the enemy. Why do we lose so many battles? Because we choose not to fight. We cowered down, and I say we because I'm included. We, we allow the, the, the enemy to whisper and we begin to cower down and we say God I can't do it I'm tired of it and God is looking there and saying if you would just fight the weapons of our warfare they are not carnal but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds how do you fight you fight with prayer you get inside your prayer closet or you go out and walk like I do or you go out and drive you do whatever you gotta do but you find a place that you can begin to pray and you can begin to say God I just want to hear from you and I want you to hear from me you pray and you don't stop at praying you get in his word when you recognize that you are in a battle and it's Satan that is trying to stop you, you not only pray, but you begin to read His Word. Because His Word is truth. His Word is a path. His Word is a compass. And here is the beauty of it. When you pray and you are full of His Word, you can be directed in the very steps that God has for us. And there's a lot of praying going on without a lot of word. See, there's a lot of praying going on and very little word. Man, I could meddle so much right here, but I'm not going to. But you've got to have the word if you expect when you pray that you're going to hear from God. Because if you don't have the word inside of you, there's a lot of 
philosophical ideas that are out there in this new age movement that we call spiritualism that can really lead us astray and it sounds good and it looks good and it feels good but it's not in the word and if it's not in the word I don't want it in my Come on, somebody. I said, if it's not in the Word, then I don't want it in my, my life. Would you say amen? Hey, it may feel good. The answer may feel good. The answer may look good. And the answer may fill a void in your physical life. But if it's not in the Word, then I don't want it in my life. Somebody say amen. So you recognize it. You recognize it. You fight it. You fight it with prayer. You fight it with the word. And you fight it by what? That's how you fight it. That's how you fight it. The word, prayer, and one step in front of the other. Come on now, this is resonating, I believe, with maybe just a few people. Because if we, would be, if we were honest with ourselves, we would realize that when Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, it is so that we will not do this, but we will either do this and stay, or we will do this and go backwards. Amen? And, and, and if we were honest, we would know that that is the tactics of the enemy. But when you pray and when you read, you can look in the scripture and see that there is no other place for the child of God than to go forward. Step in one step in front of another one step in front of another you may still be depressed but you are stepping you may my God you may still be anxious but you are stepping you may still be confused but you are stepping you may not even want to go to church but you are stepping you may not even understand where God is but somebody needs to hear this you are stepping because you've prayed and because you've read and the Bible said that he is with us he is for us and he is not against us and if you walk and if you go forward that God is faithful and no weapon formed against you shall prosper and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world hey I said God somebody I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching to myself because I would stay right where I'm at. That's just my, it's in my DNA. I, I'm okay just doing the same thing over and over, eating the same thing every I, It's just me. Anybody else like that? Wives, just elbow your husband because you know that's him. Some of you may not be, but that's me. And, and, and you just want to just waller in your own pity and your own worry 
and your own stress. But the Lord said to pick yourself up. A righteous man falls seven times, but the Lord picks him back up. You put one foot in front of the other. You wake up the next day and you say, if God be for me, then who can be against me? If you've never gone through this, I don't know if I can make you understand it. But for those that are have, there's days you wake up and you don't want to even get out of bed. There's days that you wake up and you don't want to even go out and tackle the world. But I'm here to tell you today, do not let the storm cloud or the dust of the approaching enemy cause you to want to stop because God's got so much in front of you. God's got so much for you tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And if you stay right where you're at, you will miss out on all the good things God has for you. So don't stop now. Somebody say, don't stop now. Oh God, because when you stop, you forfeit. If you stop, you lose out on future victories, future growths, future things that God is wanting to do. If you stop now, you miss out on what God has in store for you and your family. Just for a moment. Why don't you stop? And why don't you in your spirit, those that have been praying... Those that have been believing, those that have been asking God for things to happen and things to take place. Why don't you just close your eyes just for a moment and begin to envision the things that you want to see God do. The family members that you want God to save. Come on, I mean, go with me just for a moment. Begin to envision what you want to see. See, this pastor's envisioning a church that is full to capacity. Not just one Sunday, but every Sunday. I'm envisioning kids that are working for God in years to come. I'm envisioning me being able to preach things that God has never allowed me to see or begin to preach. I'm beginning to see God do great and awesome things. But the key here is you won't see it. If you stop now, you'll be like a Van Gogh. You will have ended your pursuit of what God has for your future and to find out that something in your future was so great if you would have just waited it out if you would have just kept on going forward you would have seen that God has awesome things ahead of you somebody say amen Joshua and Israel could have stopped I'm almost done singers musicians would you get ready Joshua and Israel could have stopped but they would have never seen the walls fall down. Nehemiah could have let Sanballat and Tobiah keep him from working on the wall but he would have never seen it completed in 52 days. Peter could have set out on that seaside, uh, that, that seashore and just said I'm going to stick with being a fisherman but he would have never seen the upper room take place and seen 3,000 saved and the Holy Ghost begin to send revival in the land and what I'm 
trying to tell you today, church, is that if we don't stop now, we've got miracles before us. Somebody that needs a miracle, say amen if you would. Uh, I, don't, I don't think, look, I get kind of offended sometimes when I'm preaching and nobody backs me up. And we look at TikToks and videos and you see everybody on their feet and you're like, man, that's awesome. But you know what? That could be us too. I said, who in here needs a miracle? Who in here needs a miraculous touch from God? I'm telling you, if you stop now, you may not ever see God do the miracle that you have been praying for. So don't stop now. Some of you have been praying for breakthroughs. Who needs a breakthrough in their life? Emotionally, psychologically, physically. I don't know what it is, but you need a breakthrough in you, your family, your church. If you stop now, you may miss out on the breakthrough that God has for your family. If you need a breakthrough in your life, if you've got some chains that you need to fall off, why don't you just lift up those hands and say, I'm not stopping now you stop now you'll miss out on that ministry some of y'all have been called to do things in the church I know I've got to stop but some of you have been called to teach some of you have been called to preach there's young people in here there's kids that are in this church that may be the next pastor that may need to be that, that may be the next preacher that may be the next evangelist that may be the next praise and worship leader who knows but if we stop now we may never see what God has for us in our calling anybody boy I don't I'm tired of seeing people get saved and stopping I'm tired of people getting baptized and stopping I'm tired of us putting it up on Facebook and testifying and then stopping. Look, there's more for us ahead of us than what there was behind us. I'm believing that the latter shall be greater than the former. There is so much before us that God has in store for us and we will never see it if we stop now. Relationships... About look, I've only been preaching for 30 minutes, okay? I'm almost done. Some of us need relationships. Can I just get practical for a moment? We need the right girlfriend, the right boyfriend, the right spouse. We don't need people marrying the wrong people. Grandparents. Grandparents, who you want your kid marrying the wrong person? Don't you want them marrying the person God has for them? My goodness, let's not stop now. Let's show them what it is to have a godly marriage, to have a godly relationship, because I want to see us raise up men and women that marry men marrying women and women marrying men and seeing God do an amazing thing in the relationships of this church. Somebody say amen. amen. 
man, that's not far off base. And if we stop now, we will forfeit our eternal hope. I still believe in backsliding. I'm going I'm to I'm share that. Go ahead if you would. Hey, God, saints be worthy of it all. But just here in a moment, because I'm, I'm about to hit this just a little bit, just for it's going to be a hit and run. I still believe in backsliding. What's that mean? That means that you can get saved and then you can walk away from the Lord. Amen. I believe that is possible. I believe that you can be on fire for God. You can be headed to eternity with Him. And you can say, I don't want it. I'm walking away. And you can forfeit your eternal hope. If you stop now. That doesn't mean that we should live with fear of God dangling, dangling us over heaven by a string. Oh, no. I believe it's a whole lot harder to backslide than what we've made it out to be. But my Bible still says that the fornicator, the adulterer, the, the one that is, is mean, that gossips, that, that lives for this world, they will not enter the kingdom. So that tells me that you can't get saved and just live any old way you want to live. Right? And if we stop now, we forfeit that eternal hope. I'm telling you this morning, Keith, don't stop now. You're not going to stop, are you? <laughs> don't stop now. Don't stop now. Sister Beverly, don't stop now. I've come too far to turn back now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wake up even when I don't feel like getting up. When, when the devil whispers to me and says you're crazy. You, 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 you are not what you say you are. I'm going to get up and say, goody, goody, goody devil. One foot in front of the other. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. And I'm not stopping now. This is Pastor Michael Mooneyham. I want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We are so thankful that you chose to join us in this way. But we would also love for you to come and join us in person at 1102 Sergeant John Pittman Parkway in Greenwood, Mississippi. Our service time is at 1040 a.m. And we would love to see you here. Thank you once again for listening. We hope to see you soon. God bless.